you know things are bad <laughs> when it's the prophet Isaiah that best captures how you feel. <laughs> this morning, Isaiah, lamenting in God's voice, is talking about his disgust, fatigue, and outrage with the sacrifices of Israel. I'm burdened by these ceremonies. I'm sick of the blood. Who told you to do this? And so my emotional way into the scriptures this morning was through that feeling. Because I also feel tired and outraged and disgusted. But not about the sacrifices of ancient Israel, but about the state of our world and our country. And I think a lot of you share those feelings. I am sick of the gun violence. I'm sick of the mass shootings. I, my heart is burdened by it. The whole cycle, the recriminations and the finger pointing and the lack of action. But worse than that, it's, it's the, the deportations, it's the separation of children from their families. It's mass incarceration, it's the racism that's an open wound in our society. It's the wealth disparity, the way the poor are just pushed down and kept there. Indifference to climate change. The list goes on and on. We can add this list, but it makes me that it's kind of heartsick. And I hear that this morning in Isaiah. You know, my soul hates this. And so that was my emotional way in. And I realized that this feeling, though, it couldn't just stay there. I needed to do something with Isaiah. And I realized I didn't really know very much about the sacrifices of ancient Israel. I mean, there's lots of references to animal sacrifice, but I never really kind of thought about what this was like. You know, what was the logic of it all? Because sacrifice in this time was a little different than the way we think of sacrifice. We often think of sacrifice as giving something up. So we sacrifice chocolate during Lent. Okay? Or we sacrifice the lives of soldiers for the freedom of this country. But the way, it's a way that which sacrifice is a kind of giving up. But in ancient Israel, it was more of a giving over. The idea was that this sacrifice would be giving over to God, that which comes from God, to establish the bond and connection. Okay? This was the way in which you showed that you belong to God and that God was looking out for you. But it was quite a scene. The altar is sort of an open grill with fire. It's some combination of like slaughterhouse, barbecue, and crematorium. Okay? It was quite a scene. I mean, there's going to be lowing animals, there's going to be blood everywhere. There's going to be sizzling and cracking and smoke, flies. I mean, there's cooked meat, there's uncooked meat, there's gristle, there's bones. 
It's a vegan nightmare. <laughs> but it, it had its purpose. It was a way for the ancient Israelites to show their connection to God. And they made this offering, and the richer you were, the bigger the offering needed to be. And it wasn't the killing. It was the transformation that was the what made it holy. The idea was is that parts of the animal would be put on the grill and they'd be consumed by the fire and the ash and the smoke would go up as a pleasing aroma to God. And so God and the person who making the offering shared a meal because there was often eaten Parts of it were eaten afterwards. So it established this connection, a handing over to God, a making sacred, so that God would see you, the offerer, and look out for you. So aside from the sort of macabre scene, what's Isaiah's gripe? And it seems to be the logic of sacrifice. In part, God just becomes one more corrupt official that needs to be bought off. Live your life the way you want to, and then bring a goat in. Throw it on the grill, and you and God are like this. And so Isaiah is just saying, no, 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 no. This cannot be. This is not the relationship that God wants. And so the teaching... Quit doing evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. You know? Release the oppressed. Defend the widow. Fight for the orphan. It's a teaching, it's not hard to get behind. But we've got to say, I mean, Isaiah wrote this down 2,700 years ago. And it's still just as relevant today as it was then. Because the logic of sacrifice is so powerful. Because it's a way of establishing a relationship with God by what we do. We sort of bind God, right? Look, I gave you a calf. You gotta look out for me. And so it's really, it has this kind of way of sort of coming from us, but it's really about us. It's not really about God. But that sacrifice kind of seeps in all over the place. You know, we still, even though we celebrate in a very different way and symbolically, the language of sacrifice continues to be woven through our practices. You know, the disciples understood the sacrifice of the cross through the language of, of sacrifice, that Jesus was given for us, and our sins would be forgiven that way. And we still sort of, we offer gifts that are shared out and eaten together and establish our connection to God. And that would be okay if the language of sacrifice and its logic didn't also seep in all over the place. Because, unfortunately, we're often called to trade one good for a greater good. And so... We don't make our sacrifices to God, but to ideals, to things that are not God. And I have to say, I think that this 
This is actually demonic. This way of sacrificing the good for another good. As I was preparing my homily, I, I kept returning to this poem by Wendell Berry called Questionnaire that I think absolutely captures the ways in which in our society we're asked to give over one good for another. Questionnaire. How much poison are you willing to eat for the success of the free market and global trade? Please name your preferred poisons. For the sake of goodness, how much evil are you willing to do? Fill in the following blanks with the names of your favorite evils and acts of hatred. What sacrifices are you prepared to make for culture and civilization? Please list the monuments, shrines, works of art you would willingly destroy. In the name of patriotism and the flag, how much of our beloved land are you willing to desecrate? List in the following spaces the mountains, rivers, towns, and farms you could most readily do without. State briefly the ideas, ideals, or hopes, the energy sources, the kinds of security for which you would kill a child. Name, please, the children whom you'd be willing to kill. It's a facetious questionnaire. It's meant to make us think, but let's face it, these are real trade-offs. You know, you think, who would say, who wants to eat poison? But we're part of governments, institutions, and corporations where we make this bargain all the time. What children would we be willing to kill for what good? Unfortunately, in this time, these aren't idle questions. These are real moral questions that we have to answer. And so, like the prophets, I want to say, beware of the logic of sacrifice. Because it is so seductive. And I get it. We're weak and small and scared. And I work in a hospital and I see it all the time, the desire to somehow make a deal with God. So that my loved one or myself might be spared. But it says in the gospel, it is God's good grace to give us what we need. This is not the relationship we're being called to. It's false. God will not be manipulated. I think instead we need to look to God's good creation. We are made good. The earth is good. And there are some things that cannot be sacrificed. They are ends in themselves. And let's start with people. Children cannot be used as deterrents. They're not pawns in some game. They're ends in themselves. And so let us resist these kind of false trade-offs, these sacrifices for some greater good. So like the prophets, they say, beware of the logic of sacrifice. But I don't want to end right there. I want to give you something to take away. 
I want to turn the logic of sacrifice upside down. Because I think in, the God, in, the, in Isaiah and in this time, it was all about giving an extravagant sacrifice. You know, the blemishless sacrifice. And I think instead, we're actually asked to consider the parts of ourselves that are unacceptable. You know, so often the language of sacrifice is sort of cutting away some part of ourselves so that we'd be more acceptable. That part of ourselves that perhaps we don't like. Some vice or sin or way of being caught that we just can't get rid of. And so we want to cut it away. We want to sacrifice it. But I think instead that that is actually what we need to give over to God. Because behind all of our sins and all of our vices is some wounded part of us that wants to come forth to be healed. And so I think it's actually the most blemished, the most unacceptable part of ourself that we need to give over to God. Because that's the part God wants to make us whole again and to heal our wounds. So let that be the sacrifice that is acceptable. We believe in one God. Heaven and is 
seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in his glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord hear us life. We proceed from the Father. Who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified? Who has spoken through the prophets? We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We have in one baptism the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all those whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Dick Gustafson, Larry Green, Crystal Fay, Edward Thomas, Laura Pettibone, Lois Lavaugh, Sharon Roberts, Marcy McCowan, Titus George, Chastity Ronan, John Hunkler, Tony Bradford, Julie Kramer, Carmel Hara, Harold Foreman, Gail Nirvana Nunez, Brian Miller, and Charlie Danielson and family. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. 
Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Michael Cook, Virginia Rochelle, Gabby Coke, sisters Christine Stevens, James Hopkins, Virginia Powell, and all of the victims of the massacres in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, Jordan and Andre Anchondo, Arturo Benavides, Sarah Esther Regalado Muriel, and Adolfo Cerros Hernandez, Jorge Calillo Garcia, Elsa Mendoza de la Mora, Gloria Irma Marquez, Maria Eugenia Lagareta Roth, Ivan Manzano, Leonard Cepeda Campos, and Maribel Loya Hernandez, Angelina Englesby, Javier Amir Rodriguez, Margie Reckhart, David Alva Johnson, Juan de Dios Velasquez, Raul and Maria Flores, Alexander Gerhardt Hoffman, Teresa Sanchez, Luis Alfonso Juarez, Lois Oglesby, Megan Betts, Saeed Saleh, Derek Fudge, Logan Turner, Nicholas Coomer, Thomas T.J. McNichols, Beatrice Warren Curtis, and Monica Brickhouse, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers, God of power, and through the ministry of your Son, free us from the grip of the tomb, that we may desire you as the fullness of life and proclaim your saving deeds to all the world. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God, and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you 
Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. May the peace of Christ be always with you. souls on this excellent August morning. A particular welcome to you if you're new or visiting or maybe it's your first time in a while. And if that is the case, these two fine young All Soulsians have something for you, which is a packet of information about who we are and what we do, how we practice here. And so we'd ask that if you're ready to learn more, uh, you'd be brave and raise a hand. We won't ask you to do anything else, just raise a hand so they know where to bring it. Is there anyone who is new and ready? Oh, there's two in the back row and one over there. Why don't you two take that one side? I'll, I'll come over here. Oh. Over here. Right here. Right here. <laughs> can see it. Excellent. I think we've got several bases covered. <laughs> Thank you both. Uh, a number of things coming up. We're about to kick life into high gear. Summer is nearly over, uh, which means starting this afternoon, um, we have our open door dinner. The second, it's the second Sunday of every month, and uh, some folks are still out of town. So if you have a little bit of time this afternoon at about 3.45 to help serve, there's still some need there for some extra hands. Then tomorrow we dive into Camp All Souls, which is a day camp that we do here. Please pray for us. <laughs> it will be glorious, I am confident, and some of us have more energy than others of us. Um, no, it'll be great. Uh, then looking a little bit further ahead, on August 24th we're doing a tiny home build with Youth Spirit Artworks building a tiny home village for youth who are finding their way out of homelessness uh, through this new endeavor. And so we're looking for people uh, of all levels of skill and ability to help build and paint and feed and make merry. Uh, you can learn more on our website and sign up there. You can talk to me or Emily about that. And then the next day, August 25th, is our Rally Sunday, our kickoff to the new school year. So we'll have the blessing of the backpacks 
or laptops or briefcases or whatever it is that helps you to learn and to teach for students and educators of all ages and sizes. Bring your, your backpack to church and we will bless that. And then between the 9 and 11.15 service, we will have information out on the courtyard about all the classes coming this year for kids and youth and adults. And we will have Sundays for Sunday school. Uh, it's a good day to get sticky before, just after coming to church or just before going into more church. Um, it is just a delight. And then finally, we have our signups open for our annual parish retreat. It's the 13th through 15th of September up in Healdsburg at the Bishop's Ranch. And it's just glorious. We always max out the place and um, it is a really beautiful and fun weekend to be away together. So you can sign up on our website or again talk to Emily or to me about that. Are there birthdays or anniversaries or other moments of grace to give thanks for? Please come forward. you're celebrating giving thanks uh, my name is ruby i just turned 11 on wednesday okay hey i'm rob and i just uh, want to give thanks for the gift that it's been to be a part of this community for the last three and a half years um i've just felt very cared for and seen and nurtured during a really important part of my life here um and yeah i leave for new york tomorrow so it's been great and i'll miss you all Hi, my name is Joseph, and I'm giving thanks uh, to God for the gift of temporary work. I began on Wednesday as a chaplain at UCSF Parnassus campus. You may recall the Sanchez family. We gave hospitality to them for a month. Um, Carmen, the wife, was pregnant, but she's not pregnant anymore. <laughs> a little girl was born named Emily, which is a very fine name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the middle name is Rachel, and everyone's healthy. I'd like to give thanks for the um, vacation we've just had in Chicago, which has to be, Chicago has to be one of the best kept secrets around. It's such a divine city. Um, and I had a chance to meet um, four, um, well, two nieces and two nephews who I hadn't laid eyes on before, you know? and. They're just wonderful, and we had a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to give thanks for um, new colleagueships that are happening. Um, this last Tuesday was Hiroshima Day um, out at Lawrence Livermore Lab, and Janet Chisholm from this church was there, and it just made all the difference to be able to sort of look out in that um, difficult day and, and hold it together. And I just want to honor um, growing justice and peace um, collaboration. Thank you. Hi, my name is Justin. On Tuesday is my mother, Mary Jo, and my niece, Vivian's birthdays. Hi, my name is Esperanza. I'm here with my sister. This is her first time. And our dad just got out of a successful 
a second kidney operation, so we're just very thankful for that. Let us pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for healing and for the new life that is possible ahead. For celebrations shared twice with those we hold dear. For colleagues to join in this work to draw courage and strength as we find the road ahead and for sharing the best kept secrets for time with him and the joy that emanates for Emily Rachel for new life among us and the connection born out of hospitality shared freely for your call, for your gift of healing and walking alongside, and for what has been, for what will be, for knowing that you join us through it all, and for 11 years, for wonder and wisdom in the days ahead. For these and all your many blessings, we give you thanks. Ascribe due honor to God's holy name, bring offerings, and come into God's courts.
Let us pray. Gracious God, you give us wheat that it may be changed into bread for the world. You give us the life of Jesus, your son, that we may be changed into the bread of new life. Bless all who come to our open door dinner, that the bread we share with them may be a sign of our oneness in you. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, the bread of life. It is right to give you thanks and praise, O Lord, our God, sustainer of the universe. You are worthy of glory and praise. Glory to you forever At your command, all things came to be, the vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile earth, our island home. By your will, they were created and have their being. From the primal elements, you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the stewards of creation. Glory to you forever and ever. But we turn against you and betray your trust, and we turn against one another. Again and again, you call us to return. Through the prophets and sages, you reveal your righteous law. In the fullness of time, you sent your son, born of a woman, to be our savior. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. By his death, he opened to us the way of freedom and peace. Therefore, we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with those in every generation, who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, for sending us Jesus, the Christ, who on the night he was handed over to suffering and death, took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his friends, and said, take this and eat it. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup of wine. 
He gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Gracious God, we recall the death of your Son, Jesus Christ. We proclaim his resurrection and ascension, and we look with expectation for his coming as Lord of all the nations. We who have been redeemed by him and made a new people by water and the Spirit now bring you these gifts. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and upon this offering of your church, that we who eat and drink at this holy table may share the divine life of Christ our Lord. Pour out your spirit upon the whole earth and make it your new creation. Gather your church together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom where peace and justice are revealed, that we with all your people of every language, race, and nation may share the banquet you have promised. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, creator of all. Glory to you forever and ever. Amen. As our Savior Christ has taught us, we now pray.
gifts of God for the people of God, holy food for holy people.